majority of humanity, for some reason or the other, they are not happy. They are not happy or they are not happy all the time. And then if you ask anyone, do you want to be happy? And the answer is yes, of course, I would love to be happy. But not everyone at the same time, they will tell you, I want to be happy. Don't we all want to be happy like children? When you let the child out in a good weather, let them out and let them play and see the, the, the glory they have and the smile and they continue to be very happy and they laugh and they don't have much. Maybe it's just a, a little bit of a toy to play with and they are very happy. But we as an adult, subhanAllah, we have all. And, and I'm going to refocus on this when I am saying we have everything I don't only mean we have materialistic things things that we can count or things can we we hold in general but still we are not so I think what we need to define and we need to um, look at is all of us can actually examine what does happiness mean what is it? And that's why when we put the title, when we were thinking of what is the best title for this webinar, what does or what do we need to learn is what is happiness? What is it? What is this? And then we added what is true happiness? Is it basically emotional? So if I am in a good relationship, is it mental? Is it physical? Is it, speech? Is it a spiritual? Is it all of the above? It is some of the above? What is it? So here you go, and I'm gonna divide them here. Is it material only, spiritual only, both, one more than the other? What is it? So let's look and see. Here you are, and I'm sure many of you with me here today, when you apply for a job and you say, this is my dream job, and then alhamdulillah by his grace you get the job and some of us get the best job first week second week third week we're happy fourth week even if nothing changed we just got used to it and we don't feel the same way is happening is people who have million dollars or million pounds or millions real or millions um, any other currency in the bank, they're always happy. A hundred thousand, fifty thousand, two million, a billion. And I'm sure you all, and if you are in front of me and I'm talking to you, I am sure I'm going to have half of you will tell me, no, it is not necessarily. Some people have a lot of money and they are not happy. Some people don't have money at all from one day to the other and they are happy interesting is it having the home i was dreaming of is it having the dream i am uh, is it i'm having the house that i am dreaming about this is what i want and look at this beautiful house in california and you'll see many of these in here and you will wonder that maybe i have no idea but some people who are living in even better than these homes they're not happy and people who are living in a shack they are much happier. Having a car, you talk to a teenager when they in here in the States, 16 is when they start to drive. You give her the car or give him the car. They are very happy. 
two or three years, they are not. You give them the best car, and then the best car, and then the classic car, again, temporary. Is it family? So here I am, when I have family, when I get married, when I have the right spouse, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grace me with children. These are all material so far, right? So why then people who have this are not happy? Is it righteous children, smart children, always they are very good doing the best they want. they can, listen to you, they are very obedient, Allah-fearing, very smart, best college? The answer is not all the time. How about health? And we all, subhanAllah, may Allah make us grateful, Ya Rabbi, Ya Allah, make us grateful. We don't know the value of health till we, till we get sick. Flu, little bit of a flu, and then you know the value of breathing. Little bit of stomach ache, and then you know the value of having no pain. But still, when we are healthy, we are not eating. A lot of people tells you, you know, I feel so good when I have this meal or that meal. Or some people tell you, if I only have enough resources to buy this or to buy that kind of food, I will be very happy. Travel all over the world, and then you can meet people, and then you enjoy. Is that source of happiness? Is that true happiness? When I have the resources to travel whenever I want? And I'm sure the answer will be not all the time. Is it having a good weather? And I put this specifically for my beautiful uh, 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 brothers and sisters who are joining me who live in the UK, where we all know how the weather in the UK. Is it when I see the sunshine? Well, like when I live in California, for those of you, if you're not very familiar with the United States, California is actually the best weather. It's always, almost always sunny and the temperature is beautiful. Is that what I need? And then I'm going to be truly happy. So if I move to California or I move to another country where the weather is amazing, beautiful, then I'm always happy? No. Is it a cup of tea? Just a simple cup of tea will make me happy. As long as I have tea, I am happy. And then when I have the tea available in my house, I'm not happy. Some people say, I don't like tea. It's probably coffee. So here we go. Having coffee will make you happy. Is it? Is it tablets, medications? Antidepressants will give me true happiness. Now, as a physician, I'm going to say we use it to change the mood. Absolutely. To make the person, help the person to go over the difficult time. But is it a source of true happiness? Is it true happiness? Is defined by having this medication or that medication? What do you think the answer? If any of these, any of these that I shared with you, or all of them were or was the source of true happiness, we will not be having this webinar. We will not be seeing what we are seeing around us in the world. We will not be seeing people who have it all and then they commit suicide or they are very depressed or they are fine, but they don't feel content. So there has to be something more than that. 
الامام ابن القيم has a beautiful book unfortunately not yet uh, translated and it's called مفتاح دار السعاده you see the cover of the book مفتاح دار السعاده if you want to translate it it's basically the key for the house of happiness the key for the house of happiness and it's a beautiful book any of the attendees that they read arabic and you are familiar with the style of the imam ibn al-qayyim it is a worth a book to read so he said he divided happiness into three kinds he said the happiness is a happiness that is not related to human being himself not related to the person himself rather it related it's related to having things so that's one kind of happiness which i just shared with you again material things and he said there is a second kind of happiness which is a happiness related to the human himself the inner the way we look the way we speak the way we conduct ourselves the way people look at us the way people value us right however there is a true happiness and i will leave the true happiness what he said till the last slide of this presentation we're going to go through it all and then when you read what he said about how he defined the true happiness inshallah will be very easy i shared with you here in the middle of the slide it's a very beautiful arabic poem and uh, subhanallah i don't know who actually wrote it but it's beautiful and it is related to we and especially these days especially our younger uh, generation where they think is taking care of my body only focusing on my body only is the source of my happiness the way i look my size or the way the the exactly my physical look and he said in this o servant of the body ya khadim al jismi kam tashqa bi khidmatihi how tired or how tiring is your job serving your body are you looking to win from something doomed to lose are you looking to win a battle that it's you're not going to win the body at the end we all will die and we the body will basically disintegrate work on your nafs work on your nafs aqbil ala nafsi fastakmil fadailaha work on your nafs and work on your nafs and improve or or uh, perfect its manner i want you all to memorize the last one فأنت بالنفس لا بالجسم إنسان. A human being or you, he's talking to, like he's, he's using the poem in a, in a way of direct talking to us. We, and he said, you are a human being because of your nafs, not because of your body. I and you are human beings because of our nafs. That's how Allah defined us different from others. And the happiness is not by the way I look. The happiness is has to be something related to my nafs. What everyone wants. Now I'm talking about feelings here. It's not material. What do I want? 
regardless I have or I don't have. I own or I don't own. I achieved or I didn't achieve. I want to live my life with these following things. I want to be peace of living, peace of mind. I want to be content with what I have. I want to feel good. And I don't want to be worried about something. That's the goal. I want to live in peace of mind. I want you to focus with me. This doesn't mean that there is nothing wrong in my life or everything is going the way I want it. I want the way I feel. I feel peace of mind, content, happy, and I'm not worried about something. Although it could be externally, there's a lot of things, but that's how I want to feel. This is how I want to feel. So where to go? Where is the direction for happiness? If I am on the highway, which exit I take? If I am in this road, do I take, and it's a T-shape, do I take right or do I take left? Where is it? Where is it? And again, material or spiritual? Material or spiritual? Where is happiness? Where do I find it? So let's go to the happiness and let's enjoy our stay. Imagine we call our house the house of happiness, the room of happiness. And then we're going to say, enjoy your stay. And here, and this is supposed to be a video, inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answered it. And I want you all to listen with me. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. This Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said it in Surah. This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said it in Surah Al Nahl, the bees. And what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said here is. من عمل صالحا من عمل صالحا من ذكر أو أنثى وهو مؤمن فلنحيينه حياة طيبة ولنجزينه أجرهم بأحسن ما كانوا يعملون This is in Surah Al-Nahl, the bees من عمل صالحا This is the first condition When you read the Quran and this is, I'm going to share it with you as we go and review some of the verses that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will allow us to study and look at related to our subject. Our goal is happiness. Our goal to feel content, free of worry, to feel happy. And I have a peace of mind. I need to do good deed. This is what Allah is saying. I'm sharing the ayah. Man amila. Man is whomsoever does. This is in the Arabic language. It is usually defined as a condition. You do this, you get this. And you find this a lot in the Quranic language. For example, we do this all the time in our homes with the children, with our friends. You do this to me, I will do this to you. You take care, for example, you make up your bed. 
I will give you chocolate for a child. Allah says, Man amila saliha, whomsoever does good deed, good deed, min dhakarin aw untha, and that's one of the times in the Quran where Allah separated gender, whether it's a man or it's a woman. You do a good deed, it doesn't matter, man or a woman. Now, third thing, they are a believer. They are a believer in Allah. They are a believer with all what belief mean. Believe mean. You do a good deed, man or a woman, and you believe in Allah. And look at the answer. Remember the condition? Men, whomsoever. What will I get, Ya Allah? I do a good deed. I am a human being, man or a woman. It doesn't matter. I believe in you. And I believe in all the pillars of Iman. What will I get? Look at the way Allah said it. This is a, a, firm, a firm way of saying we will for sure make him or her live a life pure, healthy, happy, content. Peace of mind in here. طيبه. You want to live a good life. You want to. Um, you want. You want to feel happy, content. Do good deed. Believe in Allah. We'll come to it as we go, inshallah. And the reward of good deed and belief is not only in this life, because this ayah says, We will give them the good, pure, happy life in here. And then there, Ya Allah, what will I get? We live two lives, we are here, but then there is the final abode. And we will reward them in the best way, the best of what they did. So if I do a couple of good deeds, but then one is better than the other, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if I fulfill these requirements, He will reward me with the best I did. So I did the best salah, but then my rest of salahs were okay. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if I fulfill these two, He will reward me with all my salah as if I did it in this best salah. So now this is the first key. I'm going to give you as I'm going to go. I'm going to give you keys to open the house of happiness. Number one, believe. And number two, do a good deed. Uh, already, we have an issue with the slides. Just a second, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, can we have the next slide, please? No, we don't need this. Yeah, the next slide, please. Yes, okay. So here we are. So we have a religious means, a religious means of achieving true happiness and natural and practical means, but no one combine all of them except the believer. Although other people may achieve some of them, but they will miss on the others. So here you go. True happiness, I need both. Remember the slide where I put where I put material and and 
um, spiritual. Now the material, and I, and then we're gonna we're gonna talk about this. Uh, we're gonna talk about this later on. The material. I'm gonna come and share with you how I'm gonna use the material I have to get to what Allah told me to do. So I need these both. I need these both. I need to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I need to do a good deed. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for sure, he will reward me in what I need to do. Now, we're just adjusting the slides. So if you just bear, bear with me. Uh, okay. Please. I think we have Ilm Feed or us, us. Can we go back? Okay, Alhamdulillah, it's working. And I always say this, and I'm saying this to my team with me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always tests us. And the true happiness is when you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is testing you and you know how to respond to the test. Everything comes from Allah is good. So here you go. I put a picture in front of you. And the picture will, it depends how you look at the picture. Some people will see full happiness in this picture. Some people will see, some people will see, and I'm showing you, this is a small, I don't know if this is going to live, it doesn't look very healthy. Somebody will look at this and says, wow, this is amazing, beautiful. This one will look at this and says, wow, this is really nice. It's how we look at things and how we perceive things. So happiness is something materialistic only no spiritual only what do you think yes or no i would love to see your answers but we have like almost 100 people in here so it's gonna be tough for me to see everyone in general in general material things i'm sorry spiritual things if you are connected with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the spiritual, the spiritual will absolutely give you, the spiritual will absolutely give you uh, the, the, what you are looking for. Subhanallah, Allah is again testing us with these slides. Alhamdulillah. Just a second, please forgive me. I am trying to move it. Um, can you check what is happening? Alhamdulillah, Ya Rabbil Can we just move the slide? Okay, so just press here. Okay, alhamdulillah. So let's go to the next one, okay? And this is also a slide, uh, Quran, and I want you to all listen with me. This is beautiful, actually. Subhanallah, subhanallah, subhanallah. 
what I shared with you now, and I'm gonna reshare it um, again, is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said this in the Quran. It's in Surah Yunus, Jonah. In case some people will say to you, Islam, there is no happiness in Islam. We're very serious. Allah didn't say, have fun. Allah didn't say, be happy. The answer is actually no. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yes. And the word happiness in the Quran is actually was there. The word happiness in the Quran is there. There is, it came in the positive way and it came in the negative way. What I shared with you from Surah Yunus, Jonah 57, is actually the positive one. But what do I, what do I, what should make me happy? And Allah said the ayah like this, Ya nas, people, you and me, wherever we are. قَدْ جَاءَتْكُمْ مَوْعِظَةٌ مِّن رَبِّكُمْ An admonition came to you from your Lord. وَشِفَاءٌ لِمَا فِي الصُّدُورِ And a cure to what's in the chest. And it's a cure to what's in the chest. وَهُدًا وَرَحْمَةً لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ Listen to this. يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسُ people قَدْ جَاءَتْكُمْ Came to you. مَوْعِظَةٌ Admonition. مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ From your Lord. وَشِفَاءٌ لِمَا فِي الصُّدُورِ Cure to what's in the hearts. And we're going to use this later in the in, in our webinar. Guidance and mercy to the believers. We don't need to hear, to hear it again. Just, we don't need to hear it. Just stop it. Demonition came to you from Lord, Wahuda, guidance, Warahma, mercy, Lilmu'minin. Now, where should I be happy, Allah? By the grace of Allah. By the grace of Allah. By her by his mercy. In this they should be happy. It's way better than what they are collecting. I want you to open your hearts with me. This is an ayah that this is a verse in the Quran that you have to read it with your hearts. Allah is telling you what should make you happy. He's talking about the Quran. He's talking about the Sunnah of Allah of Rasul. He said, admonition and a cure and a guide and a mercy. That's the Quran. Tell them, Ya Rasulullah, this is the ayah I'm sharing with you. Tell them, by his grace, the Quran, by the Sunnah. Happy, let them rejoice, let them be happy. It's way better than what they are collecting. SubhanAllah, it's way better than what they are collecting. Farah, happiness in the Quran, is there. It's which one? How many of us, you and me, may Allah forgive us and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us. How many, you and me, feel, feel, and I'm talking about myself, maybe all of you much better than I am. How many, we are really happy, very happy that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave me a knowledge of his book, let alone understanding of his book, let alone memorizing his book, 
add to it or let alone understanding the sunnah. And how happy I am with this and how happy I am when I get the best job, the best car, the best house, the family, the children, the bank account, the material, the cup of coffee, the cup of tea, the good weather, the travel. And he is telling me, let them rejoice in what I am, what I gave them. It is way better than what they are collecting. First thing in achieving happiness is I need to change the way I look at the cause or what makes me happy. I need to go to the source, to the one who created me, who created you, who, is, who knows who knows what's good for me and what's bad for me and what will make me happy and will not make me happy. May Allah forgive us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is exalted. But when you buy anything, don't you go to the catalog and you say, let me see what the manufacturer is saying. How should I handle this or this? How do I make it work? And here you are. And here you are. The creator, Al-Khaliq, Allah, no other creator creating you and me and he's telling you and me your true happiness enjoy rejoice celebrate by the tool i gave you the book of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala al-quran the guide the huda the guide the admonition and by the sunnah of rasulullah and then he knows you and me and he knows that yes ya allah but i want but i like and he said this is way better than what they are collecting SubhanAllah, go back to this ayah. It's ayah 57 in Surah Yunus in Jonah. And then this is the second talk about farah, happiness in the Quran. And this is in Surah Al-Rum, Al-Rum, the room were defeated in the lowest part of the earth. And happiness. When will the believers will be happy? Not when they collected, not when they got what they want or the best job or the family. When Allah give me victory. When Allah give me victory. And I don't want you to look at um bigger picture of Nasrullah. A bigger picture of Allah victory. Look at individual. Happiness is individual. Is me, is you. Did Allah give me victory as an individual? As an individual. Did he elevated me? Did he honor me? Did he always, always, always was there for me when I wanted him? Truly. So I need you all, inshallah, if you are taking notes, to put... The spiritual happiness defined by him, alayhi salatu defined by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is by the Quran, by the sunnah, and by Allah's victory. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give victory to his deen. This is a hadith of Rasul alayhi salatu wasalam in Al-Adab al-Mufrad and Al-Bukhari, where he says, Rasul alayhi salatu wasalam said, Min al part of the man happiness, and when I say man here in the Arabic language, mean man and woman. But, and, but we use these words in the Arabic language to mean two gender. This the two gender. Look at 
here is material. Look at this beauty. Look at this beauty of Rasulullah He knows what we are. He said, Min mar. What will make the person happy? What will make part? Now, now remember, min part, not all part. Part of what makes the happiness of the human being is a spacious dwelling, a room, a house, whatever you are living apart. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> a good neighbor. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> it's a, an easy, smooth source of riding or a mount. A car that takes me from point A to B. Doesn't have to be whatever the car. But honey, it doesn't give me problems. I need to look and everyone in this room Everyone in uh, with us, do we have, Jazakillah do we have these three? Do I have a room, a safe place above me, right? I'm not talking about big homes. I'm talking about al-maskan. What he's saying is al-maskan al-wasa. I'm not like, it, it barely I can move in my room. Do I have a good neighbor, a good neighbor, and al-markab al-hani, a good mount, something easy. Look at the simplicity of this deen. I think to true happiness is we need to go and look back again. And let's look back again how we define it. And let's look back again and learn what Allah Taala and his Rasul Look at the other source of happiness. This is also from Rasul What he said, he said also from the signs of the son of Adam prosperity or a sign of him being happy, number one. This is internal. This is not material. This is internal. You are satisfied with whatever Allah gives. You are satisfied. Whatever Allah brings. I like it or I don't like it. I wanted or I didn't want it. Came from Allah, I like it. And misery, cause, source of misery, Two things, unhappy, unhappy, complaining about what Allah brought to me. One and two, he does not or she does not do istikhara. Consult Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in their affairs. Pray the prayer of istikhara. Ask Allah, is this is what I am going to do? Pleasing to you, not I like it. Is it pleasing to you, ya Allah, or it is not? Two things, this is a spiritual. And this is the famous ayah we all know. Happiness is, is, and I loved actually when I found this picture, is that you know for sure, without a doubt, you know, whatever hardship I'm going through, and again, external or internal, it is something material I don't have, or it is actually Internally, I have everything, but internally, I'm not feeling well. I am down. No, with a yaqeen, with certainty, because Allah said this. With hardship comes ease. With hardship comes ease. What a recipe of peace, content, and happiness. That I know the difficult time I'm going through this moment. I know with it, with it. 
and last week in our Tuskia class, actually, we uh, I'm sorry, not in our Tuskia class, in our uh, learn, uh, love, and live the Quran, we covered this chapter completely. So happiness, whenever you go through difficult time, because that's how people I'm sure will ask, how do how are you telling me to feel happy and I'm going through all this? No, my, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, know that with it, with it, together, good happiness and and is is coming and i love this hadith this is one of the sources of happiness i love this hadith he says wow the messenger how wonderful is the case of the believer everything that comes through the believer is good how is that ya allah how is that ya rasulullah so i am sick is khair so i am not having what i want is good so when I lose a beloved one, is khair? He's saying it. And he said, In Prosperity. Something you like, something you want, something you were longing for. Happened? Respond. Respond. Gratefulness. Gratefulness. Quickly. I know we passed the time. Gratefulness. Gratefulness. Feel it's from Allah. Say Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, we all say it and use what Allah gave you for His, what in a way that pleases Him. How about if I am tested, Ya Allah, and if He is or she is afflicted with loss, with health, with well, loss of health, wealth, wealth, loved one, not feeling what, sabr, he's patient, 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 not complaining, knows that there is good in it. Both these situation is good. And he said, no one else has this except the believer. And I will leave you with this question. I am happy, question mark, or I am happy, full stop. And it's a statement. Jazakumullah khair. We'll take our break as promised. Ten minutes and we will come back. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdi. Ashadu an la ilaha illa ant. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayh. Sallallahu ala sayyidina Muhammad. Wa ala alihi wa ashabihi tasliman kathira. Jazakumullahu khairan. We'll see you shortly, inshallah. I think we just need to stop the recording. always reward us and i say this to myself before i say it to anybody allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward us on the effort he does not reward us only or actually sometimes probably he will not reward us on the result did i try did i do my best that's what he wants me because the result is actually is not in my hand the result in his hand subhanahu the result in in his hand he wants from me to see did i really try and this is what I will say. So Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, we're having some issues with the slides. I'm going to do my best to show you as we are going. And then we will share it with all the attendees. So the question I left with everybody before we started is, are you happy? Am I happy? Can I say, yes, I am? Can I say, yes, I am happy? Or I will say, no, I am not happy. Right? So I don't know what you answered, but the answer to I am happy is actually comes from this. As we just agreed before the break, I need, I need to look at the source, to the catalog. 
and the catalog for us Muslims is actually, we have two. We have the original, unchanged, we're going to come talk about it later, and we have the supplement, the most important. Like I have the principle, but I don't know what these principles, some of them, unless I read the supplement, Al-Quran or Sunnah. So in my, in my pursuit of happiness, in my pursuit of happiness, this is what I need. I need something, and this is what, what we talked about. I need something called Tazkiyah. Tazkiyah, purification of the heart. And what is purification of the heart? What is purification of the heart? Purification of the heart is basically a process that I am going to use, that I need to use, that actually will make me, that will make me get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and make me live and focus, make me live and focus on one thing only. Listen to me again. Tazkiyah, purification of the heart. It's a process when I am going to go through, a process I am going to go through, that in that process, and as I am going, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be my focus only. The one I want to please the one I don't want to disobey, the one I want to meet, the one I take his opinion, the one I know will never let me down, the one I know he will always give me what is good for me, not necessarily what I want. That's the goal, the aim, and the result of purification of the heart. Where is this related to happiness? Where is this related to happiness? If I know that everything happening to me is coming from the one who knows only, or the only one who knows, or the all-knowing, then I know that he knows that's what's good for me at this moment. So if I am not getting what I want, I am not feeling the way I should feel. I know there is khair, is good in this. And this is a, a very important concept. And this is a very common question we are asked and ask ourselves with all what's happening around us. How can we be happy? My answer is very simple. It's Allah is allowing it to happen. There is khair in it. I am not seeing it. it. It's beyond our limited ability to see. We cannot see what's behind unless we put mirror. How can we see what's in the future? Leave it to him. Tazkiyah, purification of the heart, is something essential in our deen. It's something essential in our deen. And Rasulullah was send, was send. To do the following. And Allah said this in Surah Al-Jumu'ah, in the chapter of a Friday. 
رسولا منهم يتلو عليه آياته ويزكيهم ويعلمهم الكتابة والحكمة وإن كانوا من قبل في ضلال مبين He Allah capital H is the one who send في الأميين the illiterate people people who don't know رسولا messenger منهم among them from them do what why did the Rasul came to you and me the following يتلو عليهم آياته recite to them his capital H his verses the Quran one two ويزكيهم ويزكيهم purify them ويعلمهم الكتاب and teach them the book والحكمة teach them the Quran so number one you recite purify learn the Quran and learn the Sunnah and before they know this they were absolutely in clear obvious error so tazkiyah purification of the heart is not a complimentary thing I'm going to do so I will become better tazkiyah purification of the heart it is something essential actually scholars differed is it obligation on every individual fardu'ain compulsory on every person every muslim has to learn this subject or it is collective duty few people does it or suffice the others for example you you pray you need to know and you need to pray that's individually the five prayers that's an individual obligation praying in the masjid in the mosque in a group jama'ah congregational mosque in the mo- in congregation prayer in the mosque is actually a collective duty few people does it in a neighborhood they will suffice everyone so learning purification of the heart is it individual i have to learn every one of us every muslim or it is a collective duty imam al-ghazali he said it's a, it's a collective duty it's everybody has and his his point if we take it these days and age, he said, because in this day and age, Surah Al-Jumu'ah is actually second, the second. He said, the, the, he's talking about himself there, like six, 700 years of Hijri. He said, the people, diseases of the heart became so prevalent that every individual, every individual need to learn purification of the heart. And I will leave the answer to you and you tell me. Is it an obligation on every Muslim individual these days to learn the purification of the heart? I think the answer is yes. I don't think anybody will say, if my friend knows about it, I don't need to know about it. Because it is me that I need to be corrected. So that's number one in Al-Jumu'ah. Number two, Suratul A'la, the Most High. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put together he put it together. قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ تَزَكَّى قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ تَزَكَّى وَذَكَرَ اسْمَ رَبِّهِ فَصَلَّى Indeed successful. Success is happiness. Indeed is successful the person who purify it. Who purify himself. Who purify himself. Indeed successful is the one who purify himself or herself. Surah Al-A'la, 87, and the verse is 14. 
the, is, the verse is 14. Now I want you all to go in the next break, if you are not a person who needs to pray Maghrib. I want you to go also to the Quran, and I want you to go to the Juzu Amma, the last chapter of the Quran. And I want you to go to Surah Shams, Surah 91. And I want you to look at the beginning of it. Allah started with an oath. Oath. He is making an oath by something. And the oath in the Quran is repeated. You have many chapters in the Quran where Allah started by oath or in the chapter there is an oath and he made oath with his creation he made an oath with the life of rasul he made oath with many things but that oath in the sun shams this the chapter 91 and it starts by the oath from ayah one and two and three and four and five and six and seven is all an oath by the sun and its brightness by the moon when it follows it by the day when it displays it by the night when it, uh, it covers it and by the sky who he constructed it and by the earth and he allah who spread it and by the soul who he proportioned it seven oaths when he came to the nafs and nafs, and he says, by the nafs, who he proportioned it and inspired or gave it its wickedness and its righteousness, now comes the answer. He has succeeded who purifies it. He has succeeded who purified it. The longest oath in the Quran is in this surah, in this chapter. And if, if you read about the Quran, and that's in the science of the Quran, they tell you, usually when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes an oath, he is actually emphasizing, emphasizing something very important. So when Allah used seven of his creation, the sun, the moon, the sky, the earth, and the night, and the day, and the um, nafs, the soul, right? And the one who proportioned it, indeed, that's the answer. Like when you say, by Allah, and then you wait, okay, what's going to happen when I say by Allah? Something is going to happen. Something is going to happen. And he says, successful indeed is the one who purifies it. Success equals happiness. We all say this. I am very happy when I score in my exam. I am very happy when I am successful. I am very happy when I get this. And Allah is telling you and me, success, success, aflaha, ultimate success, actually, ultimate success, you will reach it if you purify yourself. Question comes in, the question is going to come in, why we are created? Why we are created? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answered it in the Quran. And he said, Surah Al-Dariyat. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and the, the verse is 56. I did not, I, Allah, capital I, I did not created the human being. The jinn and the ins. The jinn is the jinn, J-I-N. And the ins are us, human being. 
I did not create them. Illa for one reason. Illa in the Arabic language, when you read it in the Quran, that what's gonna come after it is a specific. Only this. I created human being, engine, for only one reason. What is that, Ya Allah? Not to have fun, not to collect, not to enjoy, not to travel, not to work, for one reason. And I will leave this for you because it is loosely translated worship. But then when I and you think of the word worship, we are thinking of one thing. Praying, fasting, reading my Quran. Like, what about this life? I have to work. I have to serve. I need people. People need me. I need to flourish this earth. I need to take care of this earth. So what is Ya'abudun? What is Ya'abudun? That's the main thing. What is Al-Ibadah? And I'm going to give you, I think, one of the most beautiful definition of Al-Ibadah is actually Ibn Taymiyyah put it. And I'll give it to you one by one. He said, Ibn Al-Ubudiyah, definition of Ubudiyah. Ubudiyah is servitude. It's translated as certitude. Servitude to Allah is a name that encompass all encompassing term. It's a term that encompass. Please pay attention with me. A term that encompass all, all that is pleasing, pleasing and beloved to Allah. Pleasing and to Allah. Pleasing and loving and beloved to Allah of words of words and of words and of actions of words and of actions we're uh, please forgive us because we're having issues with the slides so i'm gonna use it to understand inshallah you will all receive the slides so basically al-ubudiyah is a term that encompass go ahead, that encompass everything action or deeds or saying that is pleasing to allah and he loved it now i'm not done with the definition yet and external or internal let's go back again go ahead Servitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is everything Allah loves and like internally, externally. I do and I say. I do and I say. Meaning, if I am saying a good word, saying a good word, that this word pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and this word he loved, that's an act of worship. If I am cooking for my family with the intention of my family, pleasing my family because that's what Allah wants me, that's an act of worship. If I am reading Quran, reading the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's an act of worship. So I want you to move away 
that I am here on this earth to worship Allah in every moment of my life. Breathing, sleeping, eating, working, driving, resting, taking care of my family, taking care of my job. All these are actions and also includes deed and also include deed, something I do. That needs to have two things, pleasing and Allah loves. And that is the the definition of Ubudiyah. Why I'm saying this? Because now we're going to come and collect and connect it with Tazkiyah. Purification of the heart is what? And usually when you read the books, you will see people will tell you purification of the soul, purification of the nafs, purification of the heart in general. And again, because of our um, uh, time, I am not going to go into this whole detail of that. Maybe next time we will talk about it. Human beings are usually, human beings usually are born, human beings are born على الفطرة. Child is usually born على الفطرة. Fitra is instinct, natural instinct. Look at baby. Look at a baby. Look at a baby. When the baby, when the baby is born, what does this baby know? What does this baby know? Right? This baby doesn't know anything. This baby doesn't know much. The baby, pure. Know one thing, that he has a creator. That he has a creator. And then what happens? And then what happens? Life goes on. As life goes on, what will happen? As life goes on, what will happen? We get exposed to things, surroundings, family, environment, these days, input from our social media and all this. And then what will happen? That crystal clear vase gem gem the heart that allah created is going to be tinted or it's going to be dirty step by step move by move word by word and i will share with you and i will share with you what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what the rasul alayhi salatu wasalam said Right? And what did he say? Alayhi salatu He said, Every child, every baby is born, is born on fitra, as I shared with you. Fitra, you know Allah is there. You know good is good. That I should do good. That's why we feel guilty when we don't do something good. And I know evil is evil. Allah created us on this. He created us that we know there's a creator and there is good and there is bad. And then, I'm tr- translating the hadith, then his parents will make him a Jew, will make him Christian, make him polytheist, change him, environment. And then, and then, and everyone will, will according to how they will die, I'm just trying to translate the hadith, how they will die, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take them. But originally, we are all born pure this is what i want this is the main point i'm trying to make pure 
as we live, the heart changes. As we live, the heart changes. And how it change? Become sick, become ill, diseased. Diseases of the heart. It's a huge subject, huge topic. Books written about it. And Imam Ibn Taymiyyah wrote a whole book about it. Diseases of the, it's called Diseases of the Heart. And we actually have done one time a whole retreat, a whole weekend, Diseases of the Heart. What are diseases of the heart? What are they? What's the viruses that will affect the heart, makes the heart sick? And when I speak about the heart, my beautiful brothers and sisters, I am not talking about the physical heart that pump. That's the physical heart. And I'm talking about the spiritual heart. The spiritual heart. It's something inside us that get diseased. What are these diseases? What kind of viruses? What kind of bacteria? Number one, the biggest one, the biggest one, associating one with Allah. One I worship, shirk, association of something with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number one. Number two, arrogance. Arrogance. I'm better than somebody else. Gradually, my surroundings feed me. My, my education feed me. Feed me that I'm the best. I'm better. My skin color, the way I look, my education, how much money I have. Anything makes me feel I am better than the other, and I become arrogant. When I am born, I am not born like this. I am born on the fitrah, pure. So you have shirk, you have arrogance, you have self-admiration. I like myself. I'm not saying I like, I shouldn't like myself. I like myself, and I think, again, uh, because of the way I am, I am better than other. So self-admiration will feed to arrogance. Anger is a huge disease of the heart. Anger is usually a result of arrogance. And the heart becomes gradually, gradually, gradually sick. Ostentation, a big one. I do things. I say things. So people will see me. So people will praise me. So people will say, wow, look at her. Look at him, mashallah. Ostentation. I don't do to, be, to please him. Remember the ibadah, the definition of worship. Things I say, things I do, internal, external, that please and he loves. No, I do what makes people happy with me. I say what people likes about me. I act in the way where people will praise me. Ostentation, riya. That's why they, Rasulullah taught us riya is actually one kind of hidden shirk. The other disease of the heart is actually jealousy. 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 I'm jealous. And the, the, the first uh, crime on earth is because of jealousy. The first crime on earth is because of jealousy. And how does, now the question you're going to come probably and ask, how does, how does, or how come, or what makes these comes to my heart and the heart becomes sick. And the Rasul in a hadith he said the following: 
and this is by Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman, and I'm reading the hadith for you. He said, I heard the Rasul alayhi salatu wasalam saying, temptations, temptations will be presented, presented, look at that way, presented to the man's heart. Remember the crystal clear that I am born with, you are born with, beautiful, clear? Then temptations is going to be exposed to it, presented to it. I bring it. I watch something. I buy something. One. And it is presented to my heart. Our hearts, poor hearts, bombarded with temptations, will be presented to the man's heart. Like, I was giving a parable, like a mat is woven stick by stick. Please pay attention. It's a beautiful stick by stick. This temptations comes to the heart. So the pure, beautiful heart. One and one. And it will impregnate it. It will stain it one by one. That's how I stay clear, or that's why I don't stay clear. When I am my heart will have two choices. I will have two choices. Either I take them, absorb them, do them, and a black spot will be on my heart. And the second one, the same. Same thing happens. Till at the end, the whole heart will become. And he described it. The result is black and dust-colored line, which is upside down, like a vessel upside down, does not know right. While the heart that reject these temptations, one by one, will stay white, like a white stone. Wallahi, I'm translating the be harmed by any temptation afterward. Here I am, and you are, a five-year-old, three-year-old, newborn, pure heart, pure heart, no attachments. And then I start, for example, a child, keep giving him everything he or she wants. Now the heart is stained. That's not my fault, because the child cannot say no. And then the child grew up and will learn that everything he or she wants will get it. And becomes arrogant. And then if I don't get it, I become sad or she becomes sad and unhappy. While, and same thing with me, everything my nafs wants, everything my nafs wants, I give it to it, my heart will be sick. Temptations is what? Any disobedience to Allah. Anything that Allah says, don't do. Anything that Allah says, don't eat, don't listen. Or things that is halal, it's, it's, it's allowed, but it's too much, too much food. And we're going to come to it, too much of things. The heart will become sick one by one. That's why people, and this is a good answer to people who look at you and says, what's wrong with it? It's just one time. 
we all say this. It's a, I just looked at one time. I just watched one time. I only said this word one time. Yes, but it is one by one. Read stick by stick. Unless I immediately reject this stick, the ones, that stick. If I didn't reject it, that temptation, if I didn't reject it, will stain my heart gradually, gradually, gradually. And I until it becomes dark, till it becomes actually black, sick and dead, sick and dead. What is this related to happiness? Because then I don't start seeing things the way Allah wants me to see it. I'm going to start seeing it the way I want to see it or my society see it. And then the whole balance becomes tilted. I lose my heart. Purification of the heart, that's why it is never too late. That's why it is never too late. Because the process of tazkiyah, the process of purification of the heart, what does it do? If I was weak or you were weak and this glass has a stain and I could not reject it at that moment and there is a stain, the process of tazkiyah, as I am in it, comes back, which is me, but I'm in that process and remove it till it becomes crystal clear. What is it? And I'm going to give you the definition of it. What is the process of Tazkiyah? It is, uh, if you want to write it, you, want, you can write it. It's a process of cleansing the self from its base, from its base and lower qualities and replacing it with a beautiful and spiritually higher quality. One more time. It's a process, and I keep saying a process, because a process will make you not worried, because I'm not changing right away. It, you will change. It takes time. It takes time. I lived for 15, 20, 30, 40 years with these habits. This heart is full of it. I will need time to re remove it, just like when you have a dirty dish, very dirty and then you need to clean it. It's not going to come with one time or two. You need to keep, but keep doing it. Keep doing it. It's a process. Cleansing the ego, the self. Remove the base and lower qualities and replace it with beautiful and spiritually higher qualities. Spiritually higher qualities. And I said this, if some of you have watched the um, interview I did with the Ellen Feed, may Allah reward them, when they asked me, and I said, I always use, I'm a physician, as some of you may know, is when we have, an, and I'm a surgeon, uh, do surgery in my field because I deliver babies and GYN, when we have an infected wound, in an infected wound, what you do, number one, remove the pus. The pus here is the lower quality. The pus is the lower quality. One. And then replace it. Because if you don't replace it, it will get infected again. Immediately. Replace it with good, beautiful, spiritually higher qualities. Anger, remove. Replace it with forbearance. Ujub, arrogance, replace. Place it with humbleness, gradually. And my aim is to purify my heart, remove these stains. 
and bring it back to its original state, which is a state of light. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he talk about the Quran as it to remove people from darknesses to light. It's not physical darkness. It's not physical light. But I used not to see things. Now I am seeing them. When I don't see that everybody around me is the same as I am, regardless of their color, regardless of their status, regardless of what they have or they don't have. If I don't see them the same, then I am arrogant. That's a disease. I need to replace it with seeing everybody to start with, same like me. At the end of my process, I will see everyone better than me. Like Sayyidina Umar, he used to say when he was corrected and he is the Khalifa, the the ruler, the faqih, the knowledgeable, that Allah, Rasulullah he said, if there was a Nabi, a prophet to come after me, it will be Sayyidina Umar. He said, when a woman stood up and said something that what you are saying is not right, and she quoted the ayah, the verse from the Quran, what did he answer? He didn't say, you woman, sit down, you don't know who I am. No. He said, the, the woman is right in public. The woman is right and Umar is wrong. And then he looked back and he says, everyone knows better than you, Umar. That's Tazkiyah. That's Tazkiyah. That's how you will reach it at the end. That's how it is. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the human being, created this earth. And this is a verse in Surah Al-Hajj. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, To Allah prostrate everything in this heavens and earth. And then he starts counting. وَالشَّمْسُ The sun, وَالْقَمَرُ The moon, وَالْجِبَالُ The, the um, mountain, وَالشَّجَرُ The trees, وَالدَّوَابُ And Everything, animals, walking. Not everybody. Most people. But, and he said, a good number of them, they do this. But a lot of them, they deserve the punishment. My taskia, my process will bring me back in harmony. Everything. Everything around me. I want everyone with me in the room. I want you to look at around you, wherever you are. Everything around you is in a state of glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanallah. Everything. And that's what Allah is saying in this in Surah Al-Hajj, in the uh, Hajj chapter. Everything glorify Allah, but not every human being. Not every human being. Taskiyah, purification of the heart, is going to bring me back to this. In the process of taskiyah, my focus is on my heart, not your heart, not her heart, not his heart, mine, mine. And the heart in Islam, and there's many ways of, of categorizing uh, the heart, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and I'm going to share with you from the Quran, he categorized the heart into three. The dead, the sound, the sick, dead sound and sick one of the most common dua supplication of rasulullah 
and this is Sayyida Aisha said it, and that's a hadith in a Tirmidhi. And he, she was asked by Sayyid, uh, she was asked, uh, uh, I'm sorry, not Sayyida Aisha, actually, uh, Sayyida Umm Salama, please forgive me. And she said, what did Rasul what was his most common supplication? Please memorize this. And in, in, in another one, he actually did it in his sujood when he's prostrating to Allah. Umm Salama, his wife. So they asked her, what did he ask Allah for? And she said, Kana akthar, uh, 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 the most common supplication of Rasulullah Oh, you who turn the hearts, turn the hearts, please, I beg you, I, I'm, I'm adding, let me translate first and then I'll tell you my feeling, is he used to say, oh, you, the one who turn the hearts, keep my heart steadfast on your religion. Keep my heart steadfast on your religion. Keep ya muqallib al-qulub. This is very much needed dua for all of us, especially these days with everything, the temptation that we are bombarded with. Ya muqallib al-qulub. Oh, you one who turn the hearts, keep my heart steadfast on you. And why Allah created the heart? I'm again, I'm not talking about the heart that is pumping. That's the physical heart. Why did Allah created the heart, mine and yours? For one reason, the heart job job description is to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The hand, Allah created the hand. Allah created the hand so we can hold things. Allah created the eyes so we can see. Allah created the, t the tongue so we can talk and eat. And every part of the body, my body and yours, human being body has a function. What is the function of the spiritual heart? To know Allah. And there's three kinds of the hearts. One knows Allah very well, one, one doesn't know, one knows and doesn't and um, change. We have five more minutes and then so we can take the break for Al-Maghrib, for the prayer, afternoon prayer. So let's come to the first one. They, what, what is the first one? Is actually the pure heart. Al-Qalbu Salim, sound, sound heart, sound heart, Al-Qalbu Salim. What is that? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said it in Surah Al-Shu'ara, the poem. In Surah Al-Shu'ara, the poem. Uh, I'm sorry, the poets, please forgive me. The poets. And it is the one who's saying it, Sayyidina Ibrahim. And he turned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Sayyidina Ibrahim, the father of the prophets. And he looked at Allah and says, وَلَا تُخْزِنِي يَوْمَ يُبْعَثُونَ وَلَا تُخْزِنِي يَوْمَ يُبْعَثُونَ do not disgrace me. The day they will be resurrected. Don't disgrace me. The day they will be resurrected. The day there will be neither wealth nor children will come to the to, to avail will be of benefit. Except illa. Remember the word illa. I shared with you illa. Except the one, except that. Allah, all of us from that person, Ya Rabbi Ami. Except that person who comes to Allah in the private meeting that we all gonna have with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala individually. 
when I'm presented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it doesn't matter how I look. It doesn't matter where I come from. It doesn't matter what color skin is me. It doesn't matter what job I did. It doesn't matter what bank account I had. All these no veil. One thing only. Pure, sound, healthy. And what is that? So many definitions of the heart that is serene. I will say one statement, one statement. And I'm, as I will share the slides with you later on, you can look at many of the points I put, but also for the sake of time. A sound heart is that heart that has nothing in it but Allah. Nothing in that heart but Allah. So you're going to tell me, so I don't love my children. No, yes, you love your children, but for him. So I'm not going to work. Yes, you do. What pleases him in the way that pleases him. Him is capital H. So I don't eat. Yes, you do. But it is for him. I don't get happy. Yes, you get happy. What makes him happy and pleased? No one will be successful that day unless that person has a heart that is sound and pure. And uh, I think it was um, Imam Abdul Qadir Jilani who said, make something in that meaning. Work on your heart to become like a strainer. Like a strainer. Anything you put in it. If that thing is not pleasing to Allah, comes out. And the only thing that stays in it is what to please Allah. Al-Qalb Salim. Then we have the dead heart. Dead. The dead heart, remember originally what I shared with you. Temptations, temptation. You take it, you like it, you love it. And what will happen? Dead completely. That does not know Allah. That heart does not know Allah. Slave to the desires I want, I have to. That's the only thing that's going to make me happy. Love and hate because of themselves or what they like, not because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the guide, the guide, what makes that heart move or stop is the desires, the whims. Immersed, look at this, immersed in the worldly needs. Immersed in the worldly needs. And we're going to stop here because it's Salah time in the UK and I will meet with you, inshallah, another 10 minutes and we will continue. May Allah accept from all the, the, the attendees from the UK. Please don't forget all of us, myself, number one, or included in the dua. Jazakumullahu khayran. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa an. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi taslima. Get us in your dua. In the... Um, before the break, we were talking about the hearts, the process of tazkiyah, again, to remind everyone. It's a process where I need to identify what is the problem I have in me. Number one, and I will share this very honestly with everybody, each one of us, and by the way, most of you I don't know, most of you I haven't met, but I'm saying in general. So all of us, myself, number one, we have diseases in our hearts. Our hearts are not yet, and I said yet, not yet sound, salim. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the generous one. He can give us. So what we will need to do is I need to look in me 
and you need to look at yourself and ask yourself this question. What kind of a heart I have? If you're going to say, I have a qalb salim then I'm going to say, MashaAllah, Tabarakallah, but can you please show me? Which means every breath I take and every act I do and every act I don't do and every word I say and every word I don't say, it's only for Allah. May Allah make us. It's not impossible, but needs a lot of work. Are we dead heart? The answer is no, for sure. Because if I have a dead heart, I'm not going to be in this uh, webinar. I'm not going to be listening. So here we are. Most of us, most of people have what they call al-qalbul maryad, a sick heart. And what is the sick heart? Sick heart, in many definitions, and Allah also put it in the uh, Quran, and I'll share it with you. It's the heart where it has in it two forces, life and illness, life and illness, good and bad, obedience and disobedience, two forces. And the best way to remember this is when you are waking up for Fajr, for morning Salah, or when you want to do an extra work for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's always two forces here. Do it, don't do it. I cannot, yes you can. I'll do it tomorrow, no do it today. Two, fighting, <coughs> opposite each other, opposing each other. This is a sign that the heart is not dead. The heart is sick, it's not sound, but the heart is sick. And when the heart is sick, what I need to do, I need to identify what is the sickness and how I am gonna cure it. The way I am, now the person with the sick heart doesn't mean this person is not good, but that person can be one day, one day good, and one day is not good because it depends in that state which force was dominant. And what makes that force dominant or that force not dominant, it depends on many factors. And I'm going to share with you later on, basically what external influences I am exposing myself to. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said it in the Quran. I'm sorry, but uh, yeah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran said it. We will break for Dhuhr, inshallah, at 1.45. Because in ours, in St. Louis, Missouri, is actually our central uh, uh, time. So if you need to leave for Salah, alhamdulillah, this is all recorded. You can follow. We will break, as I said in the beginning, in at 12.45. So I personally can go for salah if you allow me, please. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talked about the sick heart. And the sick heart in the Quran, Allah used it in the following. This is in Surah Muhammad, chapter Muhammad, almost at the end. Did the people who have sick heart, did they ever think that Allah will not expose their sickness? Scary. He's talking about the hypocrite here. 
So does the people who have sickness in their hearts think that number one, and now I'm talking to everybody, myself, number one. Do you think that Allah doesn't know what's in my heart? Do you think Allah is not capable of exposing me? Do you think Allah is not capable of curing my heart? And that's why one of the righteous people says, whenever someone praises you, praises you, and you know how people praise, may Allah reward everybody. First thing come to your mind internally, and you say, and you say, Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala concealed, covered my sickness and showed only the goodness. Alhamdulillah, jameela sitrih, as they say. It's the beauty of his mercy, of his love to his servants that he conceal your shortcomings internally, what, you, what I and you harbor in our hearts. And you only show the good to people. And that's also one of the righteous people said, if sins, listen to this one, if sins had a smell, nobody will be able to sit next to me. If sins had a smell, nobody will be able to sit next to me. Subhanallah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. As-sitir. The one who cover and conceal. Subhanallah. Allah also said in Surah Al-Baqarah, فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ مَرَضٌ فَزَادَهُمُ اللَّهُ مَرَضًا There is sickness in their heart and Allah increased it. This is in Al-Baqarah and the ayah or the verse is number 8. And then in Surah Al-Ahzab 32, Allah Taala said, and this is for the sisters, and because Allah talked to the wives of Rasulullah يَا نِسَاءَ النَّبِي All the wives of the Prophet. You are not like any other woman. Don't do not do not um, over soft the way you speak. Don't speak in a way that can be suggestive. Then the person who has a sick heart listening to you, he will have other means or other desires subhanallah so in this allah said this is in surah al-ahzab the confederate allah said that there is people who have sickness in their heart and the how do i know i have a sick heart how do i know how do i diagnose myself which physician i go if you go to cardiologist they will tell you your heart is perfect your ekg is beautiful or ecg is beautiful and your Echo is beautiful, but I'm sick. This is how you know. When the heart, and I'll share this. This is from Imam Ibn al-Qayyim. He said, the heart is sick when it does not perform. The heart is sick when it does not perform what it was created for. What was the heart created for? I said this in the previous session. So the heart is sick when it does not perform what it was created for, that is knowing Allah, loving Allah, longing to meet Allah, returning to Allah, looking to return to Allah. And this is the, what it is really applicable to you and me in this slide. And prefer all 
all this prefer loving Allah, pleasing Allah, longing to meet Allah, prefer all this over any desire or thing that he or she likes. If my heart love Allah fully, want to know him or not want, know him fully, I know Allah al-Razzaq, I know Allah is the one who gives. I do not expect it from people. And if people didn't give me, I say, you didn't give me. I should say, Allah did not allow you to give me for rahmah, for wisdom. And if Allah wanted me to get something, he will open your heart to give me. Everything is from him and back to him. The one and only. So my heart is sick if my desires is over, supersede, precede what pleases Allah. What people think of me is more important than what Allah thinks of me. If what I want and I know it is not pleasing to him, I still do it because I like it, then I have a start. And I think we all gonna agree that Almost all of us have a sick heart. Two forces. One wants to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the one wants to please me, myself. And Rasulullah uh, he said, and actually this is a hadith, it's either by Hudayf ibn al-Yaman, a companion, or some says it is from Rasulullah wasalam. The idea is he divided the hearts into four here. Al-Qulub Arba'ah. Hearts are four categories. Qalbun Ajrad. An empty heart. Empty heart. There is a lamb burning in it. And this is the heart of the believer. One. Number two. Heart that is covered. Completely dead. The heart of the unbeliever. And there is an inverted heart. Mankus. Inverted heart. It's the heart of the hypocrite. He knew and rejected and then become blind. And a heart, which most of us are struggling between the sources of hypocrisy and belief. A heart has two forces. A force of belief. I want to please Allah. I am very happy when I do what he wants. But then sometimes, no, I would love this. I want to do this. This may not be pleasing to Allah, but I do it because I like it. Now, all of us, what do we long? I want everyone with me to write it down. What do you long for? What do you want? Which kind of a heart? Which one you are going to turn to Allah in your sujood, in your prostration, in your salah? Ya Allah, give me. Which one, of course, is the pure heart to keep my heart pure or in my case and yours to guard my heart and clean it now we are gonna come to what should we do in the process what should we do in the process to know how to clean my heart i need to know what makes my heart sick right well, if I know, if I don't want to get flu or I don't want to get the flu, what do I need to do? Don't expose yourself to the virus. Simple, simple. What makes the heart sick? 
and there is many, but I am, again, because of the time we have, I'm going to share the most common, the most challenges that we human beings live these days and age that we all want to work on. Number one, number one, unnecessary talk, unnecessary talk, unnecessary speak. And what does that mean? Uh, there's things I don't have to say. There is a, a, a conversation. I don't need to be part of it. But we do because everybody does. And I have to be like everybody. But what does talk has to do with faith and has to do with the heart? And we never rarely we look into this. So the words I say and the words I hear related to my faith and affect my heart and affect my happiness and affect my connection with Allah, the answer is absolutely yes. Look at this. Rasul in a hadith in Imam Ahmed, he said the following, the faith of the servant of Allah, the faith of the servant of Allah, is not going to be right, is not going to be straight until his heart is straight. So the faith related to the heart. The faith of the servant will not be straight unless the heart is straight. And the heart will not be straight unless, and the heart will not be straight unless, unless the tongue is straight so the words i say affect my heart affect my belief and the other way around is true the stronger my belief the clearer and cleaner and purer and more sound my heart the better is what i say and Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Umar, he said, Rasulullah said the following, advice to you and me, virus of the heart that will make it sick. And I don't want this because the more sick I get, one day I may end up being dead heart. And he said, and this is in, in a termidi, he said, do not indulge, do not indulge in excessive talk except except when remembering Allah or do not indulge in too much or excessive talk without the remembrance of Allah why ya Rasulullah is saying excessive talking without remembrance of Allah what will do please listen to this excessive talking without the remembrance of Allah will harden the heart harden the heart and the furthest heart away from Allah is the hard heart. The hard heart. I talk too much. Let's translate it to my daily life. I talk too much. Unnecessary. Unnecessary. So anything, anybody I see, I keep talking. That talk, that talk is not, does not have include remembrance of Allah in it 
will affect my heart directly, gradually, makes my heart hard. And the furthest heart, furthest, far away, the farthest away heart from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the hard heart. So if I want Allah to come into my heart fully and strain or remove everything else, watch what you say. Watch what you say. And Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anh said a beautiful saying. He said, the person who talks too much is a person who often makes mistakes. And someone or that person who makes mistakes often has wrong actions. And that person who has a lot of sins or mistakes, their heart will be dead. And the person whose their heart will be dead, the hellfire will be welcoming him or her. Let's say it one more time. So I'll start by talking. Subhanallah. He says, whomsoever speak too much, he will make a lot of mistakes. And whoever makes a lot of mistakes, he will be less, less worthy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And his heart will die. And the one whose heart will die will be far away from Allah. And the hellfire will be his abode. Talking. This will teach me and you. We need to move away from what did I say is just a word. I mean, we are sitting together. We have to speak. Remember, speak, but don't forget the remembrance of Allah. Put it in there. Always something, reminder, dhakr. You never know. You never know. Don't say people will not listen. No, put it indirectly. Bring it from your heart as you are feeling it. And if you cannot, you are in a gathering and that sometimes happens. You do it internally. You do remembrance of Allah internally so your heart will stay sound. So your heart will stay sound. And Rasul in a long hadith to Sayyidina Mu'ad ibn Jabal, and I'll share it with you later on. And he was talking to him, explaining to him all iman and faith and everything. And he said, and, that, and then he said, do you want me to tell you? Do you want me to tell you what is the head of this matter? What is the head of Islam? Do you want me to tell you, to tell you what malakilik, what include all this deen, all this deen? And he said, yes, Ya Rasulullah. Look what he said. He took his tongue. He held his tongue. And he told him, Sayyidina Mu'ad ibn Jabal, Sahabi, companion, he held his tongue and he says, Hold this, control this, control it. And Sayyidina Mu'ad, he said, Ya Rasulullah, are we going to be taken accountable for what we say? And he said, Whoa, may your mother mourn you, Mu'ad. What else, what else will put people in the hellfire? except the harvest of their tongue, the harvest of their tongue. Too much talk, too, more, too much talk. The more I talk, the more I make mistakes, and the more I make mistakes, my heart, I sin, 
the more I sin without repentance, my heart will be hard, harder, harder, harder. And the more my heart is hard, then I'm further away from Allah, and then I am miserable. And in a beautiful hadith, which I'm sure a good number of the uh, attendees are aware of, and this is in Muslim, Rasul gave this famous advice. Short, concise, comprehend to the point. Whomsoever, believe, perfect, perfect, believe in Allah and the day of judgment, let him or her say good or remain silent. Say good or remain silent. Say good, anything, good, anything that will bring good, anything that will help people bring khair, Say it. Anything that will harm people, he, because he said there's only two options, or stay silent. Either what I am saying will be will bring good, or otherwise no other option. Stay silent. So the first virus we all have to look at and be aware of and take care of and pay attention to is what we say. Too much talking, excessive talking. They, they call it in the Arabic language, kathratul kalam, or fudulul kalam, excessive. Second virus, and you will be very surprised, I'm sure many of you, it is, it is not what you are thinking of. It's my daily life. That's why I told you, purification of the heart, happiness is actually my daily activity. Number two, too much food, too much eating. Too much eating. Because the opposite, less eating, less eating, what does it do? Less eating. Soften the heart. Less food. Soften the heart. Sharpen the intellect. Gives humility self. Weakens, weakens the desires. And it will gentle the temperament, makes the temperament gentler. More immoderate eating, too much eating brings the opposite. So my heart, instead of being tender, will be hard. Instead, I, if I'm going to be sharp, I'm going to be lazy. And you all know this when we eat too much. Instead of I am being more humble and more have more humility, I'm going to be more arrogant. Too much food will be weaker. The more hungry, the more fasting I do, my control of my desire is stronger and better. Mm. And the more I fast, the more gentler I am. And there is a saying to, I think, the Noon and Masri, if I'm remembering well, and he said, If you find that your heart is becoming harder. And we're going to come to this. Pray longer in the night. If you still find it, that's my point. Fast more. Fasting. Especially the not obligatory fast is the extra fast. Is the voluntary fast. Because I am controlling my desires of food or drink, my coffee, my tea, my snack, willingly, and it is not obligation. I'll become stronger. 
I will be able when I am faced with a desire, not necessarily food, that will, I know, will take me to the disobedience of Allah. Remember the sick heart? The stronger I am, the more I am in my fasting, the stronger I am to say no to this thing, that will, I know for sure, is a disobedience to Allah and will weaken my heart. Less food. What does less food mean? I don't have to have three meals a day. We human beings don't eat because it's time. We eat because we are hungry. There is a say that it says, We are people. We're nation. We don't eat. Nation, we're Muslims. The saying is a Muslim. We are nation. We don't eat till we are hungry. And when we eat, we never eat to full, to satiation. Al-Ju'a, hunger, is one of the signs, one of the elements of the righteous people. You control the food, not the food control you. You say, I don't. I, although I like you, although I want to eat, but I'm not going to do this because it's going to harden my heart. Very practical examples. Most of you probably have seen this. When you eat heavy, heavy dinner, how is your Aisha Salah? Lazy, tired, I just want to finish. I, Allah knows what I read. When I ate less and I stood up before my nafs wants the extra bite and see your salah, see your prayer, less food. Even when we are invited, when we are invited, unless the host, and that's part of their generosity, put things in my, in my plate, I'm going to eat it. I'm not going to apply this with the host. But in general, in general, less food. Smaller plate, less, you know, when your eyes, when you're putting in the plate and you say, I need more, this is when you stop. When you're eating and say, I need more, this is when you stop. Less food. And the famous hadith, and this is in a Tirmidhi, Rasulullah, this is on Al-Maqdam ibn Ka'b, ibn Ma'ad, I'm sorry, he said, the son of Adam will never fill a container or a vessel worse than his stomach. SubhanAllah, container, it's a vessel. No container, the human being, the son of Adam, will feel worse than his stomach. A few morsels, bitelets, mudra, he said, actually. Luqaymat, bitelets, you know what? You know the appetizers, the small appetizers? These are luqmat. Luqma is the bitelet, a small bite. And he says, enough for the son of Adam. Small bites that will keep him going. So he's not like very hungry. He cannot or she cannot function. If he had to, if he had to eat more than that, then the threes. One third for his food, one third for the breath, one third for the food. That's it. That's it. If we apply this practical advice from Rasulullah and subhanAllah, even these days in our contemporary, they say, you know what? Drop the fork. Don't keep the fork in your hand. Drop it. What is dropping the food? The fork. You're taking a break. You're taking a breath. That's what he's saying. One third for your breath. 
one third for what you drink and one third for the solid. And the bite is a small bite. Food, absolutely, absolutely affect. And I highly recommend anyone who wants to start the process because I'm sure this question is going to start. It's going to come. Where do I start? I'm going to say start with fasting, if you can, of course. With fasting and three days of the month till you get becomes a habit and you're easy and it becomes easy for you. Then Monday and Thursdays till this becomes a habit and becomes easy and you don't even think about it. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take us all to the best fasting, which is the fasting of Sayyidina Dawood which he actually fasted one day and he ate the other day. Another less, another virus, which is huge these days, even I think sometimes is even more with the, with the social media, this is even more than the food. And, the, and includes talk, but not the talk, the talk. Too much socialization. Too much socialization affect the heart. We feel very uncomfortable staying alone. Although staying alone, and I'm talking about alone completely, with no phones and no gadgets, nothing, alone, you're actually, in reality, you're with Allah, you're with Him. SubhanAllah. So less socialization. And a <clears throat> human being, friends, social circle, are actually divided into four categories. Four categories. Number one, there is people, there are people of knowledge. People of knowledge. People of knowledge. People, the same category. The beneficial companion, let's put it this way. Use this category. The beneficial companion, the one I need to look for and the one I need to spend my time with People of knowledge, knowledge of Allah, knowledge of Allah, people of knowledge of Allah, people knowledge of his commands, what he wants me to do. And people who help me against the enemy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, shaitan. And people of knowledge of the diseases of the heart and how you cure it. People of they the, the the people who worship Allah and His Rasul almost to the perfect, almost perfectly, and the these people should be indispensable. If you find them, hold to them. And these people could be alive, and this could be living with me, could be in my community, could be on the internet, could be on the video, could be people passed away, but we have their books or we have their recordings. Indispensable people. You don't want in your life someone that look at you and says, MashaAllah, Tabarakallah, you're perfect. That's not what you want. You want someone who loves you for Allah, cares about you for Allah, look at you and say in a nice, gentle way, this should not come from you. Or that's it. You do only two night rak'at in the night, only two. You, you can do four. You can do eight. eight. 
people who always remind you of Allah when you are in your lowest state, sad, lost. So you want the people who come to you and says, Allah will never let you down. Allah allowed this to happen for a wisdom. You don't want somebody comes to you and says, you look how you good you are and see what's happening to you. The indispensable people, you look for them. And when you find them, hold to them. People of knowledge of Allah will bring you closer to Allah, will help you to clean your heart and help you to go in this process to him, subhanahu. That's number one. Second, because I know what's in your mind. Second are people who are like medicine. I have had them. And these are the people who I have to deal with. Maybe they are not healthy. Maybe they are not the best for me, but I have no choice. I have no choice. People I have to deal with at work could be some of my relatives, my blood relatives. I have no choice. Allah put it in my life. They are like medicine. I'm going to take it because it, it can be helpful to me if I know how to use their challenge. So number two, people who are like a medicine, they are only required when I need them. So the people at work, if they are not the first category, I'm not going to spend time with outside work. People who are the, this category, I am not going to take them as my friends. But I'm not going to boycott them if they are my blood related, because that's not pleasing to Allah. So that's number two. Third category, people who are harmful. There's people who are harmful. When they speak, it doesn't benefit. When they do, it doesn't benefit. When they give an advice, it doesn't benefit. When they do things and you're seeing them, it's going to make you weaker, farther away from Allah. These are harmful. Stay away from them unless you have to. Stay away from them. Don't tell me this is my friend when I was five years old. People change. People change. I'm not going to spend my time with them. I need to take care of my heart. My heart full of viruses. I need to remove it. I cannot afford another virus. Then you have people who basically are poison. They'll kill you. Doomed. And these people who? People of innovations. People who teach you wrong things about the deen. People who make you weaker and make fun the deen or make you leave your deen. People look at you for the sisters and says, why are you wearing uh, this thing on your uh, head? It's on an obligation. These are doom. These are poison. Or people for the, why do you go to the masjid for fajr? You can pray in the house. Doom. Doom. They will kill the heart. These people need to be out of my circle. Unless they are my blood, relation, then I have to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect me and I have to limit my interaction with them. So four kinds of people. I'm going to stop here. Um, be, or No, we still have five minutes, right? Seven minutes, actually. Alhamdulillah. So I can start with my uh, next topic. We're still in the process of taskiyah. Now we learned happiness is the goal and happiness is the end. The happiness is with Allah. If I am with him, I am happy. How do I go there? Where do I start? First thing and most important is, and this is number one in religion and in daily activity, be sincere to Allah. 
بي سنسير تو الله سنسيرتي الاخلاص الديسي It's a huge topic. I am just trying to give you, يعني, I want you to taste from this and taste from this because the time is, is very short. Some of you thought it is a long four hours, but honestly, the topic is huge. So I was asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide me to just pick up things that is relevant to all of us, myself, number one, and that will help me to take my journey off. Be sincere. What is sincerity? If I'm going to ask everybody now, And I am going to say, are you sincere? Now, of course, maybe after this webinar, you say, well, I'm not sure. But in general, you say, yeah, I do things for Allah. You know, I love Allah. So let's come and learn. That's why knowledge is beauty. Knowledge is the second key of happiness. After knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his Rasul learn. So what is the definition of sincerity? Many definitions, but I'm going to share three with you. Freeing, freeing of one's intention from all impurities in order to come nearer to Allah. Freeing my intention in any action from anything other than Allah. And this will bring me closer to Him. I am praying for Allah only. It's not because people will see me or I can tell people I pray. I am dressed the way Allah wants me to dress because that's what he, capital H, wants me. Not because everybody else in my place or home does it. I don't do something because that's an action. I do not eat this or drink this or say this only because Allah does not like it. And doesn't want it, not because it is not accepted socially or because what people will say about me. Sincerity. Free your intention. And I will say one thing to everyone. Before you say or do anything, ask yourself two questions. Why and how? Why you are doing what you are doing? Is it for Allah or it is not? For Allah, do it. Not for Allah, take a break. Go back and think. And how am I doing it the way pleases Allah? How he taught me through Rasul The answer is yes, do it. The answer is no, don't do it. And um, I think it was Al-Hassan al-Basri who said the following, Al-Hassan, the beauty as they call him. He's one of the followers of the companions. And when you read what he says, it's like, Ya Allah, what heart he had. And he used to say, I have never said something with my tongue. And I have never heard something with my ears. And I have never done something with my hand. And I have never walked a step with my foot. But I asked, except after I ask, is this going to be obedience to Allah? or this is disobedience to Allah. Please pay attention. Is what I am going to say or do or walk or not do and not say and not walk. Obedience to Allah or disobedience? If it is obedience to Allah, taqaddamt, I run. That's what he's saying. I run and do it. Don't hesitate. 
And if it is not, ta'akhart, stopped. Sincerity. When he was doing, wanting to do something, sincerity came in action. That's when sincerity. You don't do anything because people like it or people don't like it. The answer should be what Allah will say about it. If people also liked it, alhamdulillah, that's khayrun ala khayr. That's good about good. So that's number one. Free your why. You're doing something from any impurity other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Only for Allah. Number two, that every action, obedience or mundane action exclusively now, ikhlas, I have to use these words, exclusively done for the pleasure of Allah. And I, when I do or say something, this is number three, I don't see people around me. I only see him, and I know he's seeing me. That's ihsan, that's excellence. I speak, and I don't see you, even if I see you. But I know I see him and he's seeing me. So this is my actions. Ya Allah, this is, I always ask, uh, I will advise everyone, if I'm even worthy of giving an advice, is every time you do something, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Allah, and what you are doing is absolutely pleasure of Allah. Ya Allah, make it pure only for you. That's why I love calling Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and this is how I feel it, the one and only, only, and O is capital O. That's class, that's sincerity. And Allah said this in the Quran, Surah al bayna the chapter is 98, and the verse is 5, وَمَا أُمِرُوا وَمَا أُمِرُوا They were not ordered, illa but يَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ مُخْلَصِينَ لَهُدِّينَ To worship Allah with sincerity, with sincerity. Only he does not accept in a hadith or a hadith on Qudsi. He said, I am the most rich or the one I'm not in need of anything that is being done and and with associated with someone else with me. I don't need it. I don't need it. Subhanallah. We human beings say this when someone tells you. I love you and I love, like, for example, children. I love you, mom, and I love my computer. I love you, dad, and I love my car. You don't want that. You say, I want you to love me only. Everything else comes less. And that's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from us, not only to worship him, but to worship him only. That's why the first thing we say when we are Muslim, what do we say? Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammad rasulullah Ashhadu anna la ilaha illallah um, I'm going to just, if you allow me, I'll take two minutes because I want to end this. There's a hadith also at the Day of Judgment. And Allah subhanahu this is so scary. I'll share the hadith with you. On the Day of Judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the first three, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. The first three that the hellfire will be ignited with. Ignited with. The three. Quran, number one. Number one is the person who memorized the Quran. Now Allah will bring him and he will say, what did you do with the Quran that I made you memorize? And that person will say, Ya Allah, I read it in the morning and I prayed in the night. And then he said, you lied. And the angels will say, you lied. No, 
you actually memorized so the people will say you're a hafid. They said about this in about this in this in dunya, you will get nothing in the akhirah. And then the second one, person of money, Allah will bring them. And and they say, I gave you a lot of wealth, right? What did you do? And he said, Ya Allah, I took care of my kinship and I gave charity. Allah says, no, you lied. And the angels will say, you lied. But you gave, so people will say you're generous. Do to be seen, ostentation. You gave, so people will say you're generous. And then they will bring the martyr. Ya Allah, protect us. The martyr, shaheed. And Allah knows. And they bring Allah bring him and he says, uh, uh, why you were killed? And he says, Ya Allah, you asked us to fight for you. And I went for fighting and I was killed. He said, no, you came out to fight. So people will say you're courageous. Throw them in the hellfire. Sincerity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the last thing I'm going to uh, uh, finish here before the break is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said it in Surah Al-Kahf. قُلْ هَلْ أُنَبِّئُكُمْ قُلْ هَلْ نُنَبِّئُكُمْ بِالْأَخْسَرِينَ أَعْمَالًا Ayah 103, Surah Al-Kahf, the cave. You want me to tell you the losers? هَلْ نُنَبِّئُكُمْ بِالْأَخْسَرِينَ أَعْمَالًا Who they will be, the real losers of the deeds? Who are they, Allah? الَّذِينَ ضَلَّ سَعَيُهُمْ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَهُمْ يَحْسَرُونَ أَنَّهُمْ يَحْسِنُونَ وَصُنْعًا The one who did good deeds, Ya Allah, protect us. And they think they did a good deed. But there is a good deed or not a good deed. ضَلَّ They went astray. So I am, I do all these good deeds and people praise me. But my intention is not for him. My intention, so I'll get the praise. And that's why we get upset and I will end up here. The sign sign of sincerity that you are doing something for Allah is when you want the reward only from him whether people praised you or did not praise you whether people gave you or withhold it is the same they say the sign of sincerity praising and not pleasing is the same because you know Allah will reward you. Jazakumullahu khairan. We'll take the breaks so we can pray dhuhr. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa dua. Allahumma anni a'udhu bika min ilmi la yanfa' wa qalbin la yakhsha' wa nafsin la tashba' wa dua illa yusma' Rabbana la tuzquluubana ba'da idhadaytana wa hablana min ladunka rahma innaka anta al-wahab Rabbi shrah li sadri wa yassil li amri wa hlul uqdata min lisani yafqahu qawli. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this pure and sincere for his sake. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teach us and guide us and make it easy for all of us. Ya Rabbi, Ameen. I'm going to continue. I'm going to share uh, with you. Um, if you want to uh, read about the um, relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a very eloquent way, and if you read Arabic, um, it's a, uh, Ibn Ata'a al-Sakandari. He's actually one of the most righteous people lived a long time before us. And he uh, put a book it's called Al-Hikam Al-Ata'iyya. It's the Ata'i wisdom. And actually, it was translated in English, and it's a very good translation. And I'm going to be sharing one with you related to sincerity and my path to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and purification of the heart. And it says by uh, the following. Anta ma'al akwan 
ما لم تشهد المكون فإذا شهدت المكون كانت الأكوان معك أنت مع الأكوان You are with the created things I and you, we are with the created things As long as you are not seeing the creator Once you see the creator All the created things will be with you Let's say it one more time You are with the created things As long as you are not seeing the creator Once you see the creator Everything, all the created things will be with you What is he meaning? This is ikhlas This is sincerity What he's basically saying is As long as I see people can harm me People can benefit to me People can give me People can make me happy I don't see Allah operating And Allah is not going to be with me I'm going to He will let me with those people With my reliance on them And seeking benefit from them Or being afraid of them Once I see Allah And seeing here is a spiritual seeing Once I start learning Once I start learning And seeing That Allah is the one in control Allah is the one who gives Allah is the one who operates And all these people under his control All these people Allah will use them And he will operate through them To help me Meaning It's a beautiful concept Ya Allah teach us You want something Anything Normally Normally All of us Go to a human being Or to a machine Or to a something To get the help That's a quant These are created things I didn't go to the source First So these Created things May May not help May May not work And Allah When he sees me I am Relying Depending On them He will let me Go Stay with them Depend on them And see The moment I change And that's Tazkiyah And that's insincerity The moment I change And the moment I want something The first thing comes in my mouth Ya Allah help me I am now with him And he will operate Subhanah Majestic Will operate And will bring the people to help me Unfortunately we don't do this When we are sick First thing we do is who's the best physician Where do I go What is the best medication This and this and this When no, all this doesn't work Then I'm going to say Ya Allah please help me Nothing is working He's teaching you the opposite Let it be Let it be And again this is a recipe for happiness Because I know he will not let me down What did we say earlier Anything comes from him is khair And my reaction as a believer is good for me If it is good, I use it And I am grateful to him If it is not khair, I am going to be patient If it is not good, I'm going to be patient And he will reward me So in general Anything you want to do Not to do Give or withhold Say or don't say Feel or don't feel First thing you say Is this is pleasing to Allah 
Normally, we do the other way around. Everything around us is more important. Everything around us is more important till Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then when nothing works or nothing happens, then we go to this. Comes with the sincerity, and I'm going to go through it quickly because I want to have time for questions and answers, and may Allah make me worthy of this and make me able to answer your questions. Comes with sincerity something called intention, my intention, and I will share with you the most famous hadith that Imam Shafi'i he says this is one third of this whole Islam, one third of this whole Islam. Verily, actions or deed are judged and rewarded according to the intention. Whomsoever their intention was their migration for Allah and His Rasul, then Allah cannot hijratu lillahi wa rasulih. Allah will reward them for the migration to Allah and His Rasul. And whomsoever their migration was for a dunya, for life, for, for this, uh, this world, or for a woman to marry, Allah will reward them that. Will give them the life or will give them the wife. Al-A'mal, all my deeds, is based, judged, rewarded, or punished in the sight of Allah by the intention. And intention, I need to say only, always, 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 say one thing. Ya Allah, this is for you. Ya Allah, this is for you. And also Sayyidina Umar said this, and this also helps me in my journey. He said, the best acts are doing what Allah has commanded, staying away from Allah, forbid, and having sincere intention. The best deeds, you do what pleases him, stay away from what he doesn't like, and have a sincere intention. Sincere intention. That's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from me. My pursuit of happiness and taskia starts with, and I gave you many start, but with all these starts, something has to be all the time, persistent, never stops. And that is knowledge, learn, learn. And Allah said it in Surah Al-Zumar, It's, uh, uh, is it the same? Are they the same? People of knowledge and people who don't have knowledge. Knowledge, the right knowledge. Learn, learn. And this hadith, I loved it. And Rasulullah this is in Bukhari and Muslim, Muttafaqun Ali, agreed upon. Whomsoever Allah wants good khair for them, Whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala want good for him or her, teach them the inner meaning. Fiqh. Fiqh is not do and don't in salah. Fiqh is the deeper understanding of this religion. He didn't say give them more money. He didn't say give them this education or that. He said give them the deeper meaning of this religion because it's a recipe for peace and happiness. That's why it's called Islam. And Allah is a salam. And Darus Salam, Jannah is the, the home of peace. This is how I feel content. This is how I feel happy. This is how I feel I'm okay with whatever Allah give me by knowing who is He. Knowledge. Ask Allah to teach you. Don't say it's impossible. Don't say it's not going to work. Don't say you don't know my circumstances. Allah Al Qadir. This is how I say it to myself. Allah is the one who is capable, capable of doing things. 
Nothing is impossible for Allah. Kun fayakun. Be and it is be. Ya Allah, teach me. Ya Allah, teach me. Don't go, don't go to people and tell them, teach me. First, ask Allah. Ya Allah, you open it. Ya Allah, you open. You open this door for me. Knowledge. Learn. This by itself needs a whole webinar talking about knowledge. But I'm just giving you the fruit and a taste, literally. Today, I'm giving you bites of everything so you can like start. Urumi, the famous spiritual poet, he said, how do I, in a meaning, a very, very eloquent meaning, but the question is, how do I break my dead heart? How do I open it? and make it healthy. He said, you have to keep breaking your heart until it opens. Now taking breaking the heart, not in the meaning of physical breaking. It's actually when you get disappointed and you don't, and the heart doesn't get everything they want. Till it opens. Learn, and this is knowledge. Don't give yourself and your nafs everything at once. Learn to say no to disobedience of Allah. Learn, learn not to look at haram. Learn not to say things that is not obedient to Allah. He's not be pleased, even if everyone is doing it. Everyone is saying it. I always say this to myself before anyone. When people tell me everybody is doing it, I say, yeah, but everybody is going to go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. وَكُلُّهُمْ آتِيهِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ فَرْدًا Allah said this in Surah Maryam, chapter Mary. Each one of us can come to Allah alone, single, by myself. No one will come to my veil. No one come to my victory. No one can help me. So even if everybody is doing what they are doing, you don't do it because it is not pleasing to Allah. And that's more than enough reason. More than enough reason. Keep breaking your heart. Breaking meaning, get your heart disappointed, not getting everything at once, till it breaks, till it will be liberated, until it will revive. And reviving the heart is actually in our deen. Allah said this in Surah Al-An'am, أَوَمَنْ كَانَ مَيْتًا فَأَحْيَيْنَاهُ وَجَعَلْنَا لَهُ نُورًا يَمْشِي بِهِ فِي النَّاسِ كَمَثَلُهُ فِي الظُّلُمَاتِ لَيْسَ بِخَارِجٍ مِّنْهَا كَلِكَزُيِّنَ لِلْكَافِرِينَ مَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ don't say I'm dead. Don't say there is no hope. Don't say you don't know what I did. Don't say that. Because Allah said it, and I'm going to translate the ayah to you now. How about the one who was dead? He's talking about dead heart. We revive his heart. We resuscitated him or her. And we gave him and made for him light. يَمْشِي بِهِ فِي الظُّلُمَاتِ Walk with the aid of this light in darknesses. What is this nur? What is this light Allah gave you and me? Overall knowledge. Overall Qur'an. Allah called the Qur'an nur. Overall Rasul alayhi salatu wassalam. Rasul alayhi salatu wassalam is nur. And the, the Qur'an. That light that light, I'm going to be using it, torch. Anytime anybody of you lose electricity, which is not uncommon, and you're going to use torch or use your phone light, 
As you are walking in the darknesses, this light helps you to move and see your way. Knowledge does this to you. Dua asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to revive your heart will do. Never ever surrender and say that Allah, I can't do this. It's no way. I'm dead. You don't know what I did. Don't do that. I'm going to share a couple of things with you with the time left with us. Alhamdulillah, Allah put barakah in the time and I was able to cover most what I wanted to share with you. What is these lights? What is, which one? Which light I'm going to buy? And I'm going to take with me this journey. Anyone can write for me, give me an idea. I would love to engage the audience, but this is the webinar. But write for me, what do you, what do you see or think? Or you, it's probably the lights that Allah gave us already free that we are not using. Absolutely, may Allah reward you. I don't have a name. I just see attending. Number one is the Quran. The Quran. And I'm going to start from now. Don't tell me you don't know uh, Arabic. It's translated. It's still the words of Allah, but it's translated. The wisdom is there. The knowledge is there. The barakah, the blessing is there. The guidance is there. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described the Quran in the Quran. This is the best way that you know about something when the manufacturer, but Quran is not manufactured, it's his words. When someone writes a book, he's the best person knows about the value of the words. Because Allah, it's his word. What is the definition of Quran? When someone asks you and say, what is Quran? You're going to say, it's the miraculous word of Allah revealed to Rasul through Sayyidina Jibreel. It is reached to us all, wherever we are now, 33 countries in this webinar, and we are a small group, reached to everyone through an uninterrupted chain, mutawatir, and written between the two covers of the Mus'haf, that's the Quran, and reading it is an act of worship, starts by Al-Fatiha, ends up with Al-Nas. Start with Al-Fatiha, end up with Al-Nas. These are the words of him, Subhanah. And one of my teachers, and I always share this with everyone, and um, I was uh, in Hajj when he taught us, and he said, every time you open the Quran, say these two things before you start reading. Say these two things before you start reading. Subhanallah. Hada kalamu Rabbi. This is the word of my Lord. This is kalam, had kalam Rabbi. This is the words of my Lord. Have the awe, glorify it. Don't look at it as any other book. Feel it. And number two, it's talking to me. Ya ayuhaladina kafaru, disbelievers, talking to me and says, don't be like them. Ya ayuhaladina amanu, oh believer, talking to me and say, be like them. Don't do that, talking to me. Do that talking to me. Know about Allah talking to me. And all scholars agreed the best form of remembrance of Allah is actually Al-Quran. Things that will take me, the nur, the lights that will take me in my journey 
to resuscitate my heart is in general dhikrullah remembrance of Allah plenty of remembrance of Allah kathratu dhikrillah that's how the scholars teaches you kathratu dhikrillah keep remembering Allah till they say you are crazy and this is one of the hadith keep remembering Allah till people say you're crazy and the best dhikr is the Quran and Imam al-Nawawi, he said, know that reading the Qur'an, reading the Qur'an is the best form of dhikr, and the reading should be with contemplation. Read it, even if it's not in Arabic. Read it, alhamdulillah, there's beautiful translations. Honestly, alhamdulillah, I mean, my, one of the huge blessings Allah gave me, one of them is I, I can read Arabic language. But when I was, especially when I was preparing this, and I know a lot of the attendees are non-Arab speaking. I was looking for the best translation that they will feel it the same way I feel it when I read the Arabic. Allah, alhamdulillah, how many they are. Read it with contemplation. One ayah a day, two ayah a day. It doesn't matter. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said it. The second ayah of Surah Al-Baqarah, of the cow, chapter cow. Second, the Quran, no doubt about it, it's my guide. How do I get to you, Allah? It's in the Quran. How do I do this? It's in the Quran. Guide, but to whom? Those who are Allah conscious. Muttaqeen. Be Allah conscious, what we shared for the last almost three hours. And Allah will show you how the Quran guide you how the verse or the when you need it and that's his words and as some of you may know this is when Imam Shafi'i his teacher is and he complained to his to his teacher that he's forgetting the Quran and Imam Shafi'i was famous for his photography memory amazing and then he wrote a poem and he said Shakautu ila I complained to Waqiyah I am forgetting ila he guided me to stay away from sins and he told me and the knowledge of Allah is a light the knowledge of Allah is a light and the light of Allah will not be given or gifted to a sinner. So the step to understand the Quran and contemplate, even if you are in the memorization stage, stay away from sins. Don't. Quran, as I said, is the light, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put it in Surah Al-Ma'idah. The Ma'idah, the chapter is 5, and the ayah is 15. قَدْ جَاءَكُمْ مِنَ اللَّهِ نُورٌ وَكِتَابٌ مُبِينٌ Came to you from Allah, a light and a clear book, Quran. Cure, mercy, admonition. Allah said this, the one I shared with you earlier in Surah Yunus. يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسُ قَدْ جَاءَتْكُمْ مَوْعِضًا It's admonition. وَشِفَاءٌ لِمَا فِي صُدُورِ It's cure. I don't feel well. Go read the Quran. I am I'm not in the mood. Read Quran. Listen to Quran. Ask Allah to wash your heart with the Quran. وَهُدَى God. 
mercy to whom? للمؤمنين. I have to be a believer. I have to believe that the book of Allah is the best guide to me. Best dhikr. Best dhikr is the Quran. The best dhikr is the Quran. Number one. Number two. The other light I'm going to take with me in my process of happiness, of pursuing the eternal happiness. Night, salah, qiyamul layl, qiyamul sharaful mu'min, the honor of the believer. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it an order to Rasul alayhi salatu wasalam. Ya ayuhal muzzammil, O you who are wrapped in a garment, qumul layla illa qalila, stand up in the night, except little bit, or nisfa, half of it, or less than half or more that's what it is that's what it is the Quran especially in the night we are going to give you send to you heavy weight speech Quran however the night time is much easier for you to understand, comprehend the Quran. Make the Quran, the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, part of your life, daily life. It's the torch that will take you. I call it, it's, it's a meta- metaphor. It's the soap that cleans the dirty heart. It's actually the harsh sponge that scrub the dirt from the heart is the Quran, and now add the Quran in the night. Now you have n- and prayer. Now you have a nur ala nur, light upon light. You have the Quran and you have the night prayer. Qiyamul Layl. And Rasulullah said, "Afdalu salati, the best salat." The best act of prayer, the best prayer after. The obligatory prayer is the night prayer. Salatul Layl. And this is Imam Muslim. The best salah, night prayer. Make sure you can. You are used to sleeping and getting up before Fajr. Alhamdulillah. You can't. You don't think you can. You're not used to it. No problem. Do it after. And then do your sunnah. And then do whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows you to do. And then go to sleep. If you woke up before Fajr, do more. If you didn't, Alhamdulillah, you did it. But make it a routine of getting up in the night and praying to Allah. He said, early in the uh, in paradise, there is rooms, compartments, or apartments. These apartments, you see the inside from the outside, and you see the um, uh, outside from the inside. So that's all glass, you see. And they said, who, who will get there, Ya Rasulullah? Who will enter this? And he said, Liman kalam speaks good. Combine now everything we are learning. Combine good. fed, generous. And he fasted regularly, not only from one Ramadan to the other, regularly. And he prayed in the night when everybody else is sleeping. Light. And actually the people who pray Qiyam, you see it on their face. This nur comes on their, uh, on their face. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said and also in Surah Al-Baqarah, Ayah 152, You remember Allah, Allah will remember you. You read his Quran, he will remember you when you are in need. You read Quran, you think is hard, he will remember you and make it easy. You read the Quran and you are not there with it. You are struggling to get yourself to read. You read it, it's Quran, you are remembering him. He will make your heart long for the Quran. That's, there's a lot of meaning of Quran and Qurqum. How Allah will remember me. He will make things easy for me. Fadhkuruni dhikrullah, remembering Allah. And Allah said it also on Surah I want to be connected. Verily, with the remembrance of Allah, hearts will reach serenity and peace. He said it in Surah Al-Ra'ad, the thunder. Another light, another light. And and if I ask everyone, do you love Rasulullah I'm sure I'm going to get 93 or 89, yes. Maybe double because some people will say yes, yes. Another light in your journey. Clear the heart. Move, ward off the diseases. As-salah ala Rasul alayhi salatu wasalam. Allah said it in Surah Al-Hazab. Inna Allah wa malaikatahu salluna ala al-Nabi ya ayuhaladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. Oh Allah, and you hear this always in Jumu'ah. Verily, Allah sends salah to Rasul alayhi salatu wasalam. Inna Allah wa malaikatih. Allah sends salat which basically praising Rasulullah and the angel sends salah, which is dua for Rasulullah. Ya ayuhaladhina amanu, O you who believe, you and me, sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. Send your salutation to him, wa sallimu taslima, and, and praise him. It's an order. It's not actually a choice. Sallu alayhi, it's an order from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What will I gain? What will I get? There's a lot of virtues. Actually, last week or the week before our weekly Tazkiyah class that we do it every week with Jannah Institute. You can check it. It's on our website. We do it every Sunday, 7 to 8 our central time. <clears throat> and <clears throat> and <clears throat> we went through this whole thing in one hour. But I'm going to, again, share with you the, the, the beautiful flowers. The act of sending salah, salutation, and praise to Rasulullah. Number one, it's an act of worship. Something pleasing to Allah. We all said this. Um, everything I do, is it pleasing to Allah? The answer is yes. Number two, look at that. You're doing an act that Allah does. Subhanahu. Allah and his angels send peace and salah on the Rasul I am doing the same. I'm doing an act Allah does. I'm doing an act the angels does. And, and... I am doing one of the most beloved deed, one of the most beloved deed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And every time I send one salah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make Rasul alayhi salatu wasalam hear my salah, hear my salutation, and the Rasul alayhi salatu wasalam will answer me 10 times. Or Rasul alayhi salatu wasalam will answer me 10 times. Subhanallah. And Rasulullah hadith beautifully. He said, and this is in a termini. He said, The most closer people to me, closer to me, 
on the day of judgment are those people who send most of the salah upon me. You want to be close to Rasulullah on the day of judgment? Send plenty. Do it as a habit. You're driving, you're walking, you're, you're, uh, even if you are working, but your work does not need a lot of focus. Do, especially on a Friday that we know. But, but keep doing it. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. And there's many ways of, of doing this, but Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala Ali Muhammad kama sallayta ala Ibrahim wa ala Ali Ibrahim fil alim. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa sallim. There's many ways. But the act, I need to do it plenty. And Rasulullah made this dua, subhanAllah. It was in Ramadan, or no, actually, he was in the masjid, and he was coming up on the member, on the place where the imam, there's usually a few steps, the imam stand up. And he went up on the first one, he said, Ameen. Second one, he said, Ameen. Third one, he said, Ameen. And the Sahaba says, Ya Rasulullah, we've never seen you saying Ameen. Why were you saying Ameen? And he said, the, the, the meaning of is Jibreel came to me and he said, humiliated will be the one, look at this, who I was mentioned, Rasulullah I was mentioned in front of him and he did not send a salam. Humiliated. And the second one, he will say, the person would be humiliated. And I said, I mean, that person who Ramadan came in and finished Ramadan and he left, Ramadan left and he exited Ramadan and his sins were not forgiven. And humiliated is the one who will live to see his parents getting old and he did not by taking care of them entered Jannah. Three things. Humiliated is the one who hears the Rasul name is mentioned and he does not send salam. Humiliated is the one who enter Ramadan, fast all Ramadan, and leave and is not, or she does not have her sins forgiven, and where he or she will be humiliated. And Rasulullah said, I mean, when they live, their parents live and longer age, old age, and he or she, by taking care of them, will not enter Jannah. In another hadith, and there's so many hadith, but I'm just sharing it with you. Whomsoever does not send salah ala Rasulullah he missed, he missed, missed she or he missed the path to Jannah. He took the wrong path to Jannah. Just by saying, Allahumma salli wa sallim ala nabiyina Muhammadin adada ma dhakarahu al-dhakirun wa ghafila an dhikrihi al-ghafilun. Ya Rabbi, ameen. And the one I love, the one I love related to happiness and related to what we are talking. And he, and look at this one. Rasul alayhi salatu wa sallam, this is Ubay ibn Ka'ab. And this is also in At-Tirmidhi. And Ubay ibn Ka'ab, he said, Rasul alayhi salatu wa sallam, when it is the last third of the night, one day he stood up and he said, Ya Yuhannas, O people, Ja'at al-Rajifa. O people, the Rajifa, the first blowing of the trumpet, which will shake the whole universe and thus call all life to cease already arrived. And then followed by al-Rajifa, the second blowing of the trumpet, which will restore life and thus mark the resurrection day. So he stood up and he says, Ar-Rajifa and Ar-Rajifa. Ar-Rajifa, the first blow in the trumpet where everyone will die. The second, Ar-Rajifa, the second blow where people 
the dead one will be resurrected. Okay? Death has approached with all that it commands. Death has approached you. That's what he's telling us. Death has approached all that what it compromised. He said it twice. We said, and I said, oh, oh messenger of Allah, I always obey Mukabi, telling Rasulullah. I always Allah ask Allah to elevate your rank. How much now coming? How much of my supplication to you I should dedicate from my time? How much supplication should I devote to you? He said, you may devote as much as you wish, as you wish, as much as you wish. One hour, two hour, it's up to you. Then I suggested a quarter of my time. So from the 24 hours, 16, eight, I sleep 16. So about six hours, seven hours, less actually, um, five hours and a half. I do. He said, one quarter of my uh, time. He said, whatever you wish, but if you do better, it, it will increase you. And then I said, Ya Rasulullah, can I do half of my time? Shall I devote half of my time? He said, half is good. But if you can do more, do more. Now coming here. And then he said, shall I devote all my supplication, invoking Allah to elevate your rank? And should I do it all for you? Now comes the answer. And he said, yes. Then you will be freed from your worries and your sins will be forgiven. Then you will be free from your sins and your, I'm sorry, you will be freed from your worries and your sins will be forgiven. You will be free from your worries and your sins will be forgiven by saying, Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad plenty. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barak ala Sayyidina Muhammad ala alihi wa ashabihi tasliman kathira. Ad-du'a, and I'm going to end up here, and I'm going to quickly supplication itself. Ad-du'a huwa al-ibadah. Asking Allah is an act of worship. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said it in Surah Al-Baqarah, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ If my servant asks you, I am here. I am close. I respond to the caller. When he calls me, let them respond uh, um, uh, to me. Let them, let them respond to me in obedience and believe in me. I promised you in the beginning, I'll give you the third kind of happiness that Ibn al-Qayyim wrote it in his book. I don't know if you still remember. It's the second or the third slide. I said, I told you, Muftahu Daru Sa'ada, the key for the house of happiness, right? And he said, the first happiness is the, ha the external happiness by collecting material things. And he said, the second happiness is the happiness of the human being with himself, the way you look, the way you dress, the way you speak. And he said, the true happiness, and this is the take-home message, the true happiness is the spiritual heart happiness is the happiness from knowing him it's an eternal happiness in the fine abode may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us this happiness in this life in our grave and in the hereafter ya rabbi ameen allahumma ati nufusana taqwaha wa zakkiha anta khayru man zakkaha anta waliyuha wa anta maulaha ya allah ya allah grant our nufus its taqwa your, your your conscious 
your fear and your love and you purified zakia anta khairu man zakaha you purify it you are the best who purify anta waliha wa maulaha you are the one responsible in taking care of it and you are maulaha the one who takes care of its affair jazakumullahu khairan subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik sallallahu ala sayyidina muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi tasliman kathir so please allah dua for ilm feed and i will ask you for a lot of dua of our Jannah staff, especially our media coordinator, Sister Rana, may Allah reward her, young woman, mother of two, working very hard, may Allah reward Sister Yusra, who's with me for the last four hours, and I know she works and study, so please don't forget them uh, in your dua. So we have this question, and what, um, let me see, which one I start with, Brother Rafiq? Uh, Bismillah. Let me family because they are hungry. Is that the wrong intention? If you cook for your family because they are hungry, it's not the wrong intention, but you can make it better. Why you are feeding them because they are hungry? So when they eat, what will what will happen to them? They will feel happy. So what did you do? You made a, a Muslim happy, and this is an act of charity. At did you see my point? So yes, they are hungry, but when they eat, they are happy. Then you make them happy. One. I mean, there are so many intentions. And I always say this word, be a hunter of intentions. Number two, Allah told me, and it's an act of worship, take care of my household. That's an act of worship. We are talking about happiness, but is ever okay to be or feel sad? Very good question. Absolutely. 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 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used the word al-hazan in the Quran. The people in Jannah, this is in Surah Al-A'raf. The people in Jannah, I'm sorry, not in Al-A'raf. This is in Surah Fatr. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, that's Allah. Because once you are in Jannah, there is no more sad the sorrow and they say alhamdulillah allah removed all our sorrow and sad in me rasul used this word when sayyidna ibrahim his son died what did he was crying and he was in uh, uh, sad and this is his dua famous saying he said tadma. the heart the eye shedding shedding tears and the heart is in pain in pain, sad, he used the word yahzan. But that's how it is when it becomes okay. But we don't say anything but what pleases Allah. So absolutely yes, but I act and react to the feeling in the way pleases Allah. Very similar that when I am happy, I react and act in the way it pleases Allah. Another question, is there is a danger in this age when we feel and behave with humbleness that people in the society will live in? Very good question. View us as negative or misinterpret as a weakness or lack of confidence. Very common, subhanAllah. This is, if you live in the Western world, this is very true. Humbleness, and I wanna, I'm gonna say this very clearly. Humbleness is not weakness. There was no one stronger than the Rasul And there was no one as humble or more humble than him. 
humbleness meaning you don't base yourself humbleness you don't look i did it i'm the smart but i'm strong al-mu'min al-mu'min al-qawi ahabbu ila allahi min al-mu'min al-dha'if the strong believer is more beloved to allah than the weak believer and both of them are good so strength is i stand up for my right but i'm not arrogant i when people praise me i say thank you and if they are muslims i say jazakumullah khair may allah make me better than what you think of me and forgive what they what you don't know about me i'm humble but i'm not weak so you have to learn the difference between humbleness and weakness weakness is a disease humbleness is a virtue so absolutely not you don't speak with people because they are talking about things disobedient to allah i am not weak this is not me that's not my interest i don't feel comfortable that i'm not weak i don't feel comfortable so absolutely not dr haifa how do this only for him every action like eating or helping others how this how do we achieve this alhamdulillah rabbil alamin number 1 number 1 think of him before you change your yani before it becomes natural habit think of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala practice what the rasul alayhi salatu wasalam taught us when when we when we wake woke up or when we wake up from sleep what did the rasul alayhi salatu wasalam taught us first thing we say alhamdulillah alladhi ahyana ba'dama amatan all praise to allah who gave us life after we were dead when we go to the bathroom when we enter and when we leave when we dress when we drive when we eat bismillah alhamd i'm sorry bismillah shouldn't do it in my right, left hand bismillah alhamdulillah the more you are in dhikr of allah and the more you look around you at tafakkur i didn't put it here because again of the time but inshallah if allah allows us we will inshallah talk about much more in depth about diseases of the heart and much more in depth about the cure this was just an introduction for everybody the more you look around you and don't say wow don't say oh it's beautiful it's beautiful but subhanallah connect everything you say and you do with him it becomes the natural your intention will become for him only don't be sad don't be sad when someone don't praise you on the contrary be happy because allah is bringing you closer to him don't be sad when people don't know your value he knows your value as long as you are doing what pleases him so start this is in a very nutshell quickly start by making him in action before intention your first the moment you put anything in your mouth say bismillah now you remembered him he became more important than how the food tastes after you finished alhamdulillah more than oh, alhamdulillah oh i'm full and the more you are like this again this is a process my dear sisters and brothers this is a process It doesn't happen in one day we we lived how many years how old we are all and it needs time it needs practice to lose weight we have to exercise how long before you start seeing changes same thing just put him number one and he will put it in your heart bi idnillah 
regarding istikhara. What action to take when you make an istikhara initially and you see the outcome of it, and then you do a second one and the result is different. Why you did the second one if you saw the result? Usually you do more when you are not comfortable. If you are comfortable, and Allah opened it up, and made it, making it easier and easier, I don't do more istikhara. When do I keep doing istikhara when I am not comfortable? It looks good, but I'm not comfortable in me. Or it looks bad, I should say no, but I'm not comfortable. That means I didn't get the answer yet. But don't do it once you are comfortable. Tawakkali ala Allah or tawakkal ala Allah. Rely on him. You asked his consultation. He will never let you down. Subhanah. How do you find the balance between speaking against something you perceive as wrong in another Muslim action? For example, their injustice against a family member and yet the need to keep silent and to leave it to Allah in relation to the hadith, speak good or stay silent. Were you asked to be involved? And who are the family member? I mean, this is not a general question and a general answer. No one size fits all. Is this is my spouse doing something wrong to my children? Of course, I am going to intervene. Is this is my sister, my immediate family and my parents? Then I'm going to find the right words, the right time to, to say it. Is this is something that I have control? This is now we are talking about Al-Amru Bil-Ma'roof Al-Nahi Al-Munkar. Enjoin good and prevent evil. Enjoin good and prevent evil. This is a whole a whole topic and has a lot of etiquettes. Anything I have control over, I need to practice Al-Amru Bil-Ma'roof Al-Nahi Al-Munkar. Do good or, or and stay away from evil. Enjoin good. However, please pay attention to this. Having I said that, and it's a beautiful saying, لِيَكُنْ أَمْرُكَ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ مَعْرُوفًا وَلَا يَكُنْ أَمْرُكَ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ مُنْكَرًا Let it be the way you enjoin good in a good way. And let it not be the way you prevent evil in an evil way. Then that's not. So stay قُلْ خَيْرًا خير is everything that's good. If, if the questioner uh, um, need to know more about it, go and read the compendium of the 14 hour week. If you read Arabic, if not, it is translated, the compendium. And there, this hadith is there, and it's a beautiful commentary on it. What is khair, and how do you do it? But in general, you have to make sure you are in the musalla, and I'm giving this example, in the musalla and the woman next to you, for example, did something really wrong in the salah, that the salah is invalid. Should I speak, and I know, and I know, What I know is right. The answer is yes, in a nice way. However, which is very hard what I'm going to say. If that woman or that gentleman or that brother did not accept what you say and he attacked you, you need to stay quiet. And you say, Ya Allah, now back to the previous question. Ya Allah, I did what you wanted me to do. The result in your hand. And I am not going to re re respond in a harsh way. Um, if you uh, we did that, um, which book of Tazkiyah you recommend? Do you read Arabic or you don't? If you read Arabic, the easiest one to start is Mukhtasar Minhaj al Qasidin, Imam Ibn Qiyam al Maqdisi, the summary or the summary of Ahya al Din. It's translated, but it's not a very good translation. It's okay. 
I'm sure, inshallah. But if you have nothing, absolutely start with it, even with the translation. And then the other one, which is called the purification of the soul. It's a, it's a combination of all the the like the the pillars of Tazkiyah, Imam Ibn Qayyim, Ibn Taymiyyah, Ibn Rajab, they all collected it and it's, it's translated. Purification of the soul. Uh, this will be the last question. Yes, alhamdulillah. How do you find the balance between uh, speak speaking, I guess, I think we answered this. Okay. What if your parents are non-Muslim? May Allah make them Muslim. Ya Rabbi, I mean. Have, and have disowned you for being a Muslim. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, what a ni'mah we Muslim have. May Allah make you strong, my brother or sister. They disowned you for being a Muslim and your and make, uh, I'm sorry, and make your life hard for you and do not allow you in their lives. And so you cannot be there for them in old age. That's beyond you. You still can be for them, can make dua for them all the time. That they, it doesn't need their presence. You keep asking about them. They don't answer you. Keep doing it because Allah is, this is an example when you're doing things for Allah. SubhanAllah, Allah brought this question. You keep asking about them. Send them text messages. Leave a, uh, a voice message. They don't answer you. You're not waiting for them to respond. You're waiting for Allah because these are your parents. Your parents. He put it in Surah Al-Isra together. He enjoined that you worship Allah alone and good excellence to your parents. He didn't say Muslims or non-Muslims. And I always say this to all my sisters who are uh, uh, who accepted Islam, alhamdulillah, and their parents or family are not. You do not cut their relationship. You are the only one who maybe through you, Allah will change them. Keep asking about them. If they sick, uh, visit them. If they allow you to visit, visit. If they don't, then keep keep the the um, their relationship. Never. And if they don't respond, keep doing it. And if they change their number, Allah knows you keep your dua. Explain more decree of Allah and Qadr. How do you answer if someone asks you, what is the point of Allah has written everything? This is a very common question and the Sahaba asked Rasul And because the time I'm going to answer you, go and look. I don't know if it's a she or a he or sister or brother. Go and look the hadith. The Sahaba asked him, Ya Rasulullah, 